0: You're listening to Kol Ramah 102.3 FM. You're listening to this podcast on KolRama.us from Camp Ramah in the Berkshires. And um, we have here in the studio Rabbi Scott Bolton. And I met Rabbi Bolton last year for the first time when uh, the rabbi was coming in um, to be on Sevet Yahadut. And sports, severed so ropes. Neither, so it's
1: neither. You see, Mitch, it's a hard, it's a hard gig to actually get straight because it was so new in camp.
0: And we're so going to talk about I, that. I'm going
1: to tell you a little bit about it. But
0: before we do, but before we do, I want to just mention. So last year, you come up to camp, and um, as I recall, it was a Friday afternoon. At least that's when I met you. And we're talking, and, and you're a friendly guy, and, and you remember names as opposed to me. It's always difficult. <laughs> and I, what's your name? Oh, hi, I'm Mitch Mernick. I bring the radio station up, and you go, You have a brother, Pesach? And I go, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it turned out this is unbelievable. You're driving up to camp, and you stop at some gas station, and there was this Frum Yid <laughs> That's
1: right. with his
0: wife. And they had some car trouble, and you're... (laughs) And, you know, it's common close to Shabbos.
1: And, and I'm worried they should you, come only to Camp Ramat for Shabbat if they had no place to and, go. And he
0: would have. But then when he heard it was Camp Ramah, he knew his brother was there. He said, forget about <laughs> it. I'd rather be stuck in this gas station oh, for sure I'm sorry. Shabbos. I
1: stopped the Yid from coming to Ramah <laughs> for
0: Shabbat. <laughs> so anyway, I, I'll never forget that. That is so true. It's a small story. But they got
1: everything taken care of, thank God. Thank they were God, on their thank way. Thank God, Well, good. you heard from them, I think. Oh, yeah, sure, you know, sure. That everything was fine once you reached out. Absolutely. How did absolutely. you know absolutely. that something yeah. happened? Yeah. Because <laughs> it was Rabbi really right before camp.
0: Shabbat, and then right after Shabbat, I called them. Yeah, yeah. so that's great. So, um, so Rabbi Bolton is here in the studio, and I appreciate you making time. I know you're you're on short time. That's wonderful to be I part am.
1: of Kol Ramah.
0: Thank you. And 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 what you're doing here is kind of interesting. You can't really pigeonhole it. Tell us. What, what, do you, what are you doing as a staff member well, here Well, let's, let's start
1: like this. I've been involved with Jewish education as a Salma Schechter day school, head of school for a decade before I became a congregational rabbi in New York City at Congregation Or Zerua, on the Upper East Side and had a lot of students come through Camp Ramah, and I've always been graciously welcomed by Camp Ramah in a lot of different capacities to make some eggs, to bring a few sukariyot, to bring some candies, <coughs> to see uh, staff members who were my kids or connected through my s- schools or s- now my synagogue. I was on Yahadut staff one or another summers. We didn't get to really meet then. I didn't meet your brother, so there was no open door. There you go. <coughs> Excuse me. But over time, as an educator, as a rabbi, I saw that there was this great potential at camp. And other people here had already been thinking about it. Uh, rabbi Pertin, of course, Rabbi Linden, when he came, was quite open to this concept. And I said, why only have rabbis on the Yahadut staff? Can there be an embedded rabbi, in this case, in the outdoor and adventure programs? Because I actually met Rabbi Linden when he was out visiting Camp Ramon the Rockies, where I was serving as an outdoors rabbi educator for all their great journeys up thousands of feet into the Rockies and outdoor adventures like that. So I met, and he connected me with Seth Adel, uh, Adelsberg, Seth Adelsberg, the head of Alagova, the outdoor, comma, adventure, comma, nature, comma, programs in, at Camp Ramah Berkshires. And what we know is that Jewish education, it's, the whole face of Jewish education is changing. In the sense that, okay, you had a perik, you had a class in the gazebo with your favorite rabbi, and that can still work for those kids who love formal education. But informal Jewish education is growing in very organic ways. And when you're talking about educating Jewishly at Camperman the Berkshires, because our mission is to create the whole Jewish person, the whole Jewish child, We know that if we bring a Jewish spirit to all those outdoor and adventure and nature and the farm, all those programs, we're going to ground kids in what it means to be a Jew holistically, more than just studying something Jewish or gaining a skill to perform a Jewish ritual. And so I became the embedded rabbi in Al Hagova. for the last two summers I'm here to spark up Jewish spirit among and this is really where there's a magic formula if you will both the staff of Alagova and the students and the chanichim and the campers who are here and it's a little bit of an organic process as opposed to totally systemic because it depends on who's your staff but it's Seth getting excited we have a Rav Gova <laughs> that's I've taken the name with pride now Rav Gova the rabbi of alagova is going to talk to us today a little bit about what it means to integrate jewish spirit into what we do or how to start a jewish conversation and we want to be thoughtful about this right we don't want to script it but we want to be thoughtful about taking the opportunity to make the jewish connections to all our different program areas in alhagova so i can tell you a little bit about what they mean specifically based on the different areas where, where we're doing this, where we're seeing staff gain the skills to deliver programming and keep kids totally safe and have kids totally do it through joy, simcha shel chavaya the joy of the experience in the outdoors or with animals or on the farm or doing ropes or backpacking and trekking and it goes beyond, again, just how do we do prayer on the trail we're not talking about just prayer on the trail, we're talking about Holistic Jewish approaches. So, where do you want me to start?
0: Well, one. uh, Okay. So you're dealing not just with staff. You're dealing with staff and the kids as they come to Alagova. So they come to Alagova, and Seth has put together a great Alagova staff, and they are certified in ropes. And you got kids dangling. I don't know, to me it looks like a hundred feet <laughs> above right. above and they're dangling and, and they're there for a parak. I don't know, a peric is forty five minutes, maybe they get a double parak there. It seems to me there is so much to go over just so you have the kid up there safely, up and down, and then get him back down. So with all that there's time, there's room, there's something Judaically. I mean, this is such a to me just looking an overwhelming activity just up and down so it's a great
1: it's a great question you put it in exactly the way that the israelis the brits the aussies the russian staff members we have they all say wait a minute we're stretching ourselves we're learning how to do these amazing outdoor activities leading rafting trips three days on the appalachian trail high ropes as you said dangling way above the golf course and zip lining through it farming and creating a whole organic farm that's overgrowing with beautiful tomatoes. Uh, There's so much to do within that time period. We get a a camper. How does the staffer really reach out and do something Jewishly? First of all, we we throw out the definition that Jewish is only ritual. Can't think about Jewish as being, wrap your tefillin and pray here. Can't think of Jewish as let's sit down and study a whole chapter of the Torah. But Take a low ropes course. Exact question that you asked. How do I fit in anything Jewish here? Rabbi, you're, you're, you're asking me to do something way beyond. Come on, Rav Gova, can I do this? I said, well, let's talk about the low ropes challenges. There are several initiatives out there. What's the narrative you're using to bring kids through that experience? Is it going out of Egypt? Are there different stops along the way? And each rope initiative is a different challenge of the wilderness. One is you have no water. One is you have no food. One is you have Amalek fighting against, attacking the the weakest. How are you gonna help each other at that moment where you have to travel through the wilderness and your elders are a little tired and their feet are a little tired? What does it mean to help your friend over this ropes initiative? And with that as the framework, we're actually teaching the story of traveling through the wilderness. It's coming alive. Now, take the farm though. Just sat today with a few of the young women who delivered wonderful, wonderful opportunities. Perik for Perik every uh, 40 minute session with the kids out there getting them farming, getting them weeding, getting them harvesting cherry tomatoes of all colors, making sure they understood why we had to cover the eggplants at first How the cucumbers grow, wow. So she was explaining to me after we talked through, before the campers even arrived, how we really are mission-based and we want Yahadut, we want Judaism to flow through the veins of the kids out here at the garden, out here at the organic farm. How she used the example of the cucumbers rising on the trellises they built to talk about what? An instance in Jewish history when during Chizkiyahu's reign, a king that we read about in Sefer Malachim, the book of Kings, when one group tunneled out of Jerusalem to get to the water, and one group started outside Jerusalem and tunneled in towards the city, and somehow they met, and there was a water tunnel built for that city so they could drink, quench their thirst, the element we need most, right? She talked about the example of the vines of the cucumber (laughs) plant Finding just the right way to reach higher and higher on the trellis, just what's godly is built into the world around us. And the other conversation that the other young woman told me about this was Eliana and Casey on the farm this summer. So they're sitting uh, harvesting plants, weeding some out. You know, what's a weed, but a plant that is beautiful but doesn't belong with the rest of the crops that you're trying to grow? <laughs> So you're weeding them out, right? And she turned to a young camper and she said, Boy, we really have the power of life and death in our hands, don't we? You know, high holidays are coming. We say that God has the power of life and death in God's hands. This is a really powerful grounding experience through the farm work that will have them reading the Siddur in a whole new way in their lives. Once you get out to nature, you wind up grounding yourself in reading Torah and Talmud and liturgy in a whole new way. Think about the rocks we climb, the way the water cut through the boulders of the Appalachian Trail. You know, Rabbi Akiva, I just studied this source down down at the farm. I studied it with a group going out on the hiking trails. Rabbi Akiva saw the way water made an impression in the rocks and said, wow, if the world is built On this amazing design of water being able to cut through and create this beautiful space of the world what's going to cut through and create my beautiful life? Words of Torah so there's a call for informal education out in nature that brings us to words of Torah and then words of Torah that brings us right back to the engagement we need to make in nature final example kids are on bikes it's part of Alagova they care for animals. I, I get to do a little bit of reflecting with the campers themselves sometimes. So I say, how do you think this could come to play later in your Jewish life as an adult with some of the high schoolers? We're going to start our own petting farm. Petting zoo. I say, yeah, you are in the parking lot of one of your kids' schools or your synagogue and raise tzedakah. Maybe one of you is going to be the one to organize the tzedakah bike ride for your favorite cause in Israel they're going to connect biking now with the concept of tzedakah and whether it's sources about tzedakah from the Gemara or it's community organizing around a tzedakah pursuit Ramah is creating the leaders, the Jewish leaders that we need who are going to go out and just enjoy the world for all it is too
0: now, do you actually go out and, and do these activities with the kids? Are you on a bike? Are you? Uh
1: so last year, I took a several-day trip through the Appalachian Trail with the hiker hiking staff. Uh, this year, I went and made sure that we set up the trail, the little hiking trail we have on Ramah grounds with spaces to move into conversational circles so we took away the brush i work with the the teva staff sometimes to get the animals what they need Uh, started looking at the uh, farm staff as a crew to work with on, on off time and yeah i love to get my own hands into the soil and the earth i'll tell you what i did not do dangle from those heights on the rope course <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or get on a bike moving 50 miles per hour no way There's, this 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 old rabbi now who knows his place is not going to do all of what these fantastic staff
0: members on Allegova do i was going to say you should act your age but and you look young so uh, <laughs> well it, it, it what an interesting uh, concept do you find you're able to take any of the summertime Parshiot and interweave them? Do any of them, the summertime Parshiot that the kids read here, any of them kind of uh, find their way into what you're discussing?
1: How does the weekly parsha play a role in any of our lives, right? So my attitude about that is, first of all, what I was gifted by a teacher of mine who sent me off to Jerusalem for the first time and said when you uh, living with the times means living with the weekly Parsha okay. that's what that's what he taught me where that would play the most uh, that would play out the most is in very again organic opportunistic not, not even opportunistic but opportunities to just talk with the staff in Alagova because having a guy like me in the Alagova shack means to get to hang out with all the staff members who are there and planning. So a trip is going out onto the river. It's going to be a couple day canoeing trip. And I said, don't forget that this week's Parsha contains the Shema. And what I'd love you to do is have everybody on their canoes, instead of getting off to pray, Go, go for, for part of the morning on the river. Have everybody grab each other's oars. Make one community out of all the canoes that are there for a minute on the, on the, ri- on the river. Close your eyes and belt it out. Shema Yisrael. They're going to be at one with each other. They're going to be at one with nature. They're going to contemplate oneness. Let them contemplate their connections to the world and to each other on the trail. So that's one opportunity that I took to help the counselors talk about what could be if I connected to this Parsha and our prayer life.
0: So you're in the Alagova shack. They're planning how much food they have to bring, how they're going to get there, emergency communication, the whole thing. And you come up with this fascinating take. So do the do the young staff, do they roll their eyes and go, oh, there's the rabbi again? Or is there a sincere interest?
1: You're you're asking the, the right question, right? Because the question is, is everybody, every staff member, really ready for this, open to this, capacitated for this? Well, what we do by inviting a lot of the staff members here to encounter Jewish life in the holistic way we look at it is to open up their minds and hearts to these potentials and these experiences. Sometimes it's like, you know, a a shelf at a store. Am I going to take the little hiking game that I know from my outdoor class? uh, Or am I going to put a context, a Jewish context on this experience? If I'm there and I suggest it, Most of the time, I'm suggesting it to the one or two souls who I've made a nice connection with because of my work, coming back and forth out of Camp Ramah. By the way, I don't stay around all the time so that it just becomes like, oh, this is something the rabbi does and I don't have to do it. This becomes something that the rabbi is trying to inspire me to do. So when I say again about another trip where they're going to have some time on the river and some time on a trail, did you realize there's a connection, and this gets into an Israeli who, has, who knows Hebrew really well and maybe they never made this connection, the word mountain, har, is actually tucked into the word for river, nahar, and that maybe the rivers and the mountains are doing this intricate dance of making space for each other, and since one of our camp values is kavod, is respect for each other, maybe you're going to talk about the respect mountains have for rivers, rivers have to have for mountains in the world and how you can't get along without each other. You never were able to be created without each other. Make space for each other. So the staff members who are most ready for it are those inclined towards a little spirituality. That way maybe they have some Judaic background that wasn't activated before. Or they really say, wow, this is a whole different new way of approaching Jewish life, of defining Judaism. I only looked at it like rituals before. But here's this rabbi telling me that to have a real conversation about one verse or one element of the Sidur or one story from our tradition and how it creates a narrative in a ropes course or what I can talk about when I've got my kids up on the top of this peak that we biked and we stretched. That's an incredible moment of openness to Judaism that we want in our staff and then hopefully in our kids.
0: So, on the same website that you're listening, uh, our listeners are listening to this podcast on, we uh, had Rabbi Kevin Svi Feldman on, and he was here the first part of the summer as a coach in hockey, and he was teaching, as you and I discussed, hockey and Musar, and you know, the thought, well, hockey and Musar, what, what could they possibly have in common, but Really taking uh, this concept of embedding rabbis in uh, programming that otherwise you wouldn't necessarily think of as part of the Jewish uh, curriculum uh, is wider than just your Rav Govah position, apparently. Uh, so so this is a, a commitment, it sounds like, that our Hanhala has made to try to shake things up a little bit.
1: I think you can see it already, Rabbi Pertin always had a character-building element, a Musar element within the sports program at Ramah, because we wanted to identify certain character traits that we wanted to help come up, teamwork, respect, mm-hmm. honor, but label them with the Jewish terms that they deserve. kavod, respect, teamwork, why do you label anything with a unique cultural heritage language so that you can create frameworks for yourself of meaning and you can aspire to them the more we label things in life the more we can say oh yeah I know what that means and I know what it's supposed to mean and so when people say well can't you just do that character education without Jewish terminology you lose a potential layer of meaning already to define what you did and to aspire to And that's what Jewish texts really are. They're descriptions of what we can aspire to. So that coach who you had on the program, in the arts shack, you you talk about having a Davidson, JTS Davidson School of Education, seminary graduate, who's now heading up the art department this summer. Yes, it's a commitment of this Hanala, this leadership, Rabbi Linden, Rabbi Pertin, the board here, to integrate serious engagement with Jewish ideals, labels, texts, spirit, within the areas of program in the camp, in order to achieve the mission that before we might have thought about being only put into, like, let's say, the Beit Midrash element, the study element, and the tefillah element. We knew that living together and making Shabbat together, of course, was seriously creating a Shabbat-mindedness that you couldn't do otherwise because kids were doing that peer-to-peer with a beautiful lake. You know, there's the joke, can I take the lake back with me and daven on Friday night, (laughs) you know, in my hometown. But now we're talking about the holistic Jewish soul, the personality, the personhood. The Jew and not the Jewish is the way I want to put it. And when we're working on being Jews in the world, we know we have Judaism. We know we have... Jewish spirit, we know we have Jewish vocabulary, we know we have a heritage language we know we have a homeland in Israel and a fantastic center of Jewish life in America, we're capacitating kids to bring our best values, their best selves into the world
0: Rabbi Bolton the Al Hagova embedded Rabbi here at Camp Ramon the Berkshires so wha- as, as we come towards the end of Kayetz Al Payam what, what are your plans, what do you do in the winter, and if someone wanted to reach you, because I have a feeling there'll be listeners who uh, would like to learn more about this, discuss this, reach out to you, so where, what, are you gonna, what do you do in the winter, and how would someone reach you?
1: Well, I am the rabbi at Congregation Or Zerua. I have the blessing of being the second rabbi of Congregation Or Zerua on the Upper East Side, in Manhattan, 82nd Street between Park and Lex. You're welcome to just come for any Shabbat or any program. You'll find us on the web, orzarua.org. And you'll see there my email is up on that site, rabbibolton at orzarua.org. Please find me. Please be in touch. If this is an area of interest for you, you've got suggestions, you've got something you're wondering about in terms of what we're describing as this venture into building Jewish souls, would love to speak with you. And big plans at at my own synagogue, and this is where Ramah gets to be exported and there's symbiosis between having congregational rabbis up here. I really hope to bring an outdoors element because I'm serving here the embedded oligova rabbi. I should have a little oligova happening at my synagogue. I wanna get people out to nature. You know, we're an urban congregation with all kinds of great classes, incredible art gallery openings. We go to the, the Met and process through a Jewish lens, to the, uh, to the great museums of New York. We have wonderful people who teach classes, congregants. I'd like to bring in some folks who can bring us through the rambles of Central Park and teach us about nature. I'd like to bring us to the cliffs of the Palisades and seek faith through understanding that they're not going to fall on our heads. <laughs> and so this is the next level, one of my next levels at the synagogue.
0: Well, they're lucky to have you at Ozarua and we're lucky to have you here at Camp Ramat. Thank you, thank you so much for sharing this and broadening out our understanding of, of this process of, of taking, uh, taking Yahadud out of the Bet Midrash and putting it in the field where it belongs. Yeah, look,
1: with the rabbis in the Gemara said, go out and see what the people are doing, meaning have some experiences in life, and be able to anchor the texts a little bit more because of the groundedness you'll feel when the metaphor is used. You know, if metaphor is used in, uh, in, in nature. If you never experienced nature, if you never experienced it, how are you going to read that text? Mitch, I just want to say, it's an honor to be on Col Of course, I've heard it for many a year. The music is inspiring. And you let campers and the staff around here understand and reflect on what they do daily through your programs. That really now allows them to, I think, grow in a way. And that's what great radio does, right, in my estimation. And it's an honor to be uh, uh, here on this podcast with you.
0: Well, it's our privilege to have you here. Rabbi Bolton, thank you so much for joining us on Radio Kol